Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Markets, we saw some some higher numbers on the trade on the grain side of it. The livestock side, though, had some struggles going on. And that is in part what we are going to look at. Is there a big basis flip taking place within this cattle market? And will the cash continue to go higher? We know there's a lot of outside market influences when it comes to Mother's Day, graduations, Father's Day, etc. Is China back in the market when it comes to our grains and the double crop issues going on in Brazil? How is that crop doing with the lack of moisture? Not only to mention that, Is there a possibility of some put options in our future? We get all the details today with Brad Coima. Brad is with Coima, Coima and Varlick out of Sioux Center, Iowa. And I guess that's where we start, Brad. Big basis flips taking place. What are you seeing in the trade today? Yeah, well, I think you hit the nail on the head, Susan. Uh, You know, up until this week, we had an unusual basis situation where you had, I thought, you know, because... Uh, uh, you know the enthusiasm of the, the long speculator, most most namely the the, the funds, uh, these big fund money money managers that are looking at a, what they believe a, a political climate and an economic climate that would suggest that we're going to have inflation. Um, also, you know you've got a situation here where uh, you know we're coming out of the the maybe the biggest black swan event we've ever seen in the cattle industry, what is COVID. Uh, you know, as we start to get back on our feet with that. Um, so we had the futures market carry a premium, anticipating that things were going to get better. But we wondered when we were going to adjust or flip this basis back to what would be more normal, which by this time of year uh, would not be uncommon at all, that futures would be five, eight. Uh, a couple of years ago, we were 12 under cash this time of year. Uh, you know, as that market starts to anticipate that we're moving toward more supply. Um, so that maybe is a big uh Part of what happened here, uh, I mean, yeah, you sit here and you try to make excuses for the sell-off, which is what it feels like I'm doing. But I, I, I guess that that seems to be part of the explanation, at least, that we uh, have now taken the basis to a much more normal um, situation. It doesn't make me any less confident that the cash market's all right. I, I think it's fact that I think it's better than all right, Susan. As you look at what we've seen within the trade, is there a bigger than expected sell-off going on? Well, for me, it was. I mean, I thought we maybe we'd. Uh, I kind of like that 120 to 50 to 120 70 level on the on the June cattle. As, as anybody that's probably got a chart book in front of them, they had maybe the same trend line drawn. It was also right the same spot as the 40-day moving average was this morning, and and you know that first low this morning for the first two hours held there. And I thought, well, that's good. That's that's a good spot to catch. Let's let's get up and out of here. Um, but it, it appeared to some of us here that it looked like you know this. High open interest in the June cattle has led to a larger fund position. We love them when they're on our side, but that also means that more of them have to move out of their lawns at some point too. And uh, you know, it's a little bit like chasing pigs, right? They all try to get through the same gate at the same time, and uh, uh, sometimes they fall over themselves, right? I, I, sometimes I sometimes I think the market's like a flock of starlings, Susan, and I don't mean to make light of it because I've been at it a while, but it's like so. What happens when all of a sudden they all? 500 of them decided to all fly that way for a while, right? I mean, I, it, sometimes the market is weird like that, right? Uh, I have a tendency to be fundamentally biased, Susan. Uh, I don't really make uh, apologies for that. Uh, I, I think that the fundamentals of the cattle are rock solid. Um, I think that the between um, the cost of gain being what it is, uh, we were already trending with lower weights and we'll continue to trend that direction. We actually maybe finally sold some cattle last week, speaking personally anyway, that might actually make a little money. I mean, uh, so we're going to be, I think, anxious and aggressive to sell, especially with the futures at a discount. 
I think we're just going to be super current going into there. And I don't think you can underestimate just how spectacularly good demand is. Um, so, you know, maybe the packer could share a little of $600 ahead that he's, he's making on these cattle. If we bow our neck a little bit, I think we can get more for our cash cattle. And uh, that's what I still think cash cattle will be higher in spite of the sell-off this week. Well, you talk about the Packers. What about their margins right now? Well, uh, I got to be careful what I say, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're huge. And why are they huge? Because they can. Uh, and why can they? Uh, because there are some in the industry, I believe, that are dead set on turning cattle in and uh, not negotiating for enough cash cattle. Um, so that's the spear I carry. Um, I, I think when you've got this much margin, um, you would think that the collectively the feedlots would say, hey, you know what? We don't have to take steady lower bids. We think we should be able to get a little more. And I'm going to be optimistic, and I think that's still what we're going to see this week as we move forward and into next week. I uh, I think it would be difficult to take a lot off the cash. Uh, the show list in the north, uh, we've talked about this, I know, a number of times on your program. Um, and, you know, it was very, very obvious this week. Show list in Nebraska and Iowa, very, very, very current. Um, so, Guy's doing a good job up here, and I like it when the North is premium the South. That's very characteristic of a of a bull market, frankly. So, I yeah, futures market notwithstanding, and the technical sell off that we had, I still think the fundamentals are are pretty solid. There's a lot of uh, fingers that are going into the pot, considering where we are in the month of April. We've got Mother's Day coming up, graduations, folks just wanting to get back out, whether it's restaurants or you know, grilling in their backyards. Is that going to have an influence with the strength we've seen in the beef trade? Well, I think you raise a good point, Susan. I I, I don't know if I've said it on your show or not, but, um, you know, if you want to do a little trivia question with your, uh, you know, driving in the coffee shop or whatever, what is the, the weekend that uh, has the best beef demand of any weekend of the year? Answer is Mother's Day. Um, and, I don't, is it just because it's Mother's Day or is it part of it because you finally got nice weather? Uh, you know, let's grill a steak for mom or let's take her out for a steak. Uh, but there's a whole series of events like you just, just said. You know, first of all, the weather's finally good enough uh, that you want to maybe go out and grill, even though I grill year-round, but uh, not everybody does. Then you got Mother's Day. Then you've got Memorial Day. Then you got Father's Day. And then this year, on top of it all, you've got this pent-up demand, I believe, uh, for some of the segment of the people that says, doggone it, I want to go out to eat once. All right, we'll be back. We've got more coming up here on the Fontenelle Final Bell. We'll take a look at what's happening in the hog market and switching gears over to the grains. You're listening to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing this conversation with Brad Coima. He is with Coima, Coima and Varlick out of Sioux Center, Iowa. So we left off talking about all the happenings we've seen in the cattle market. We can't forget about the hogs. You were talking about this during the commercial break. Is it an outside reversal going on for them? Well, we had a terrible technical day here the other day when we re- reversed off that $1.10 and then what made dollar ten? You know, the, the definition of a reversal is is from a terminal area, or in other words, in a very important area, uh, it has to be big volume, and then it has to have follow through the next day. Those are the three things I learned forty years ago. Well, the one ten objective has been hanging out there uh, for feels like for months. So, you know, it's kind of a leg objective off of the weekly charts, and then when you ironically go to one ten, like oh seven or something. I'm not in front of my big graph here, but 
uh, and then fail like a big dog and then close lower the following day. <clears throat> you know, I'm unfortunately you've met that definition of what that is. Um, and then after as big a move as this market has, you know, you got to start to be thinking about where's the end of the thing. Um, now, are the fundamentals of the hogs pretty good? You bet. You know, and I think that's probably what prompted the update today. Uh, cash hogs in some places were like two to three higher again, you know, and, and uh, good for them guys. I mean, uh, cutout value is up there in the trees where, you know, again, you got a, a cracker in that industry as well that's got money uh, to spend. So, I, you know, we, we talked about the effect of empty buildings, slowdown, liquidation of the sow herd. We've done that before here for a couple of months. And then, you know, then on top of it, some disease problems in some of these farrowers. And we're starting to get into that sweet spot now uh, where there are less hogs. And um, I, I don't want to be downer Debbie here, but uh, let's be careful. If these June hogs don't take out that 110 in a couple of days, I, I think maybe you pull your, your edge pants out. At least uh, take a look at what put options might look like if you're a hog guy. All right, let's jump over to what's happening in the livestock. I mean, on the grain side of the trade, double cropping going on in Brazil, the the dry weather they've had. Can we say that's part of the reason we saw the jump today in the in the corn? Yeah, I think it, I think there's two good reasons, and that's certainly the one that everybody's talking about um, and been talking about. Who's kidding who? We've been talking about this the second crop in, in Brazil. is. I think we've lost it six times now. Um, but... <clears throat> That's part of it, without a doubt. And unrelenting weather forecast doesn't look like there's any relief for them anytime soon. Um, so that that prompted it. You know, to me, there's a little bit of a, a backlog too that takes you back to where we had trouble with the spreads when we had that surprising USDA acreage number. You know, the new crop really jumped, and it really put some of these people that had these forward spreads on along the old crop, short the new crop, put them in a bad way. And I think that gave us a little bigger correction maybe than it would have otherwise. But now it seems like those spreads are unwinding again. You saw the old crop gain big time on the new. Um, I think that's part of it. And then the second thing I think that's going on is you've got, of course, a fund community that's involved in the grain and the corn trade especially. Uh, and there's nothing the fund likes to do more than to uh, add to a winner. And so as that market took out old contract highs today, you saw just wave after wave of that, you know, what appears to be fund-like buying, you know, where they're buying big globs of it at a time. Brad, is, is China back in the market? at this point for our grains well if you're if you're if you're bullish that they're awesome because you can always pull that rumor out of your hat that they're in there buying um that they've been in uh, the market a little bit that talk is yes uh so i don't mean to make light of it it is a very very significant you know i've said to you i think uh, you know if china's buying that sometimes that's all you need to know um they have slowed down from where they were, without a doubt. Uh, there is still some concern that they've had, uh, you know, uh, some secondary problems here with the health of their hog herd again, um, with African swine fever. Um, so their actual, <clears throat> their actual, um, you know, reality of how much they're buying compared to what the talk is is maybe a little bit less. But yes, the China thing is always out there, a grill in the room, right? Is there some put options in our future? Well, you know, thanks for asking that because I, I don't, I, I just want to gently, you know, talk to the producer here. I raise, I, my son and I farm too. I understand how difficult marketing is. You have, we have an opportunity right now uh, at some put options that frankly you wouldn't have been able to do for five years um, at all. And I mean, if that's the least you do is take a look at least at what some new crop beans and new crop corn. I'm not saying get aggressive on this old crop stuff. I think that's in tight hands. But <clears throat> this new crop stuff, you know, you're looking at acreage 
acreage numbers that I think if we're honest with ourselves, we're all going like, geez, what do you mean? We're not going to plant? I mean, as high as the markets are, we're not going to plant? Uh, you know, to me, those acreage numbers on both the corn and the beans are, are, are but I have a great suspicion that they're going to increase, right? Um, and then I don't know what the weather's going to be, and nobody knows. But this is that time of year where <clears throat> we used to do those intro meetings. I'd always say, hey, May 1 and, and July 1. When you go buy fireworks and when you're thinking about planting, those are the two seasonal high times of the year. So we're approaching those times. So I, you know, do what you want to do out there, guys. But I, I would at least, you know, pull up your put option page and see what you can get done with December corn. So. All right. Sounds good. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Brad? Hey, give us a call whenever you like. 800-358-3047. And thanks again for having me on, Susan. All right, that is the Fontenelle final bell. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss, and they're not suitable for all investors. The Fontenelle final bell is being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers. Check out more at RuralRadioNetwork.com. That's the Fontenelle final bell on the Rural Radio Network.